Hello, good evening. Welcome to Modia's Diary. My name is Franca Ayanka and I have a hot, nice topic. Hot, nice topic. And this topic is for all youths and adults who have the age of marriage. It's 13th of July. It's Tuesday, 2021. And our time is 7.44 p.m. Yes, is the Catholic Church against wedding pregnant women. And today, we're going to be listening to a recording where Reverend Father John Oscar Obi had an interactive section, a discussion with Right Reverend Mosigno John Ayanwo. Reverend Father Oscar John is the founder and pastoral head of the interactive program for youth and adults IPYA. Let's go over to listen to him and some other audience who contributed their own side of the story. They wanted to share how their other denominations feel about this issue. I have a couple of others after the recording of Reverend Father John Oscar Obi. And right, Reverend Mosigno John Ayao. I have Mr. Sheon, I have Mr. Tunde, I have Madame Dockers, and I have lastly Mr. Michael. Let's go over, listen to them, and conclude. Thank you. Dear friends, I warmly welcome you to our interactive program for youth and adult IPYA. My name is Reverend Father Oscar John, the moderator of today's interaction. The big question before us today is, is the Catholic Church against wedding pregnant women? Our speaker is Right Reverend Monsignor John Kanebi Asukwo Aniagun. Monsignor was born in Ijebode on the 15th of March, 19. 44 was ordained a Catholic priest on the 15th of August 1971. Monsignor will be celebrating his 50th priestly ordination anniversary this year. Monsignor is a humble pastor of souls, an exemplary formator, and a former rector of St. Peter and Paul Major Seminary, Bodija, Ibadan. Monsignor is the Chancellor of Augustine University, owned by Lagos Archdiocese. Monsignor is the Vicar General of the Catholic Archdiocese of Lagos and the Episcopal Vicar of Ikeja Region. Monsignor is a humble priest, an erudite scholar, a seasoned administrator, teacher of teachers, and a mentor to many. Welcome, dear Monsignor. I commend you also on this program. I don't know how long it has been running, but it's a very wonderful uh, initiative, and I warmly commend the promoters for, for, for having it. 
Thank when you, the question you ask, let me begin with a clarification. That is that pregnancy is not a sin. Pregnancy is not a, it's not an evil, evil. But they ask that at least to the pregnancy might be a sin, might be sinful. Uh, if uh, uh, two persons who are not no, uh, have a, a sexual intimacy and pregnancy result, the sexual act is a sin. And in, a, in our own context, a, a very serious and immortal sin. Okay? But the actual pregnancy is uh, morally uh, neutral, if I may say so. So if the person who is pregnant and who got pregnant outside wedlock has made peace or had peace with God, or she has been to confession, has received uh, absolution in the sacrament of reconciliation, then the person is absorbed. And she will be in a position to receive any sacrament, including the sacrament of matrimony. Okay? Uh, once she had made her peace with God and her peace with the church. So, it is not a, uh, let's say, an obstacle to marriage. It does not invalidate a marriage. Okay? However, I have to say that uh, in the Catholic Church, we frown at people, at women, getting pregnant before marriage. That is, we frown at uh, uh, premarital sex. We don't accept it. It is not, it is not uh, something that we encourage or we, we applaud in anyone. So for that reason, uh, the church, depending on where you are, can put in place certain regulations to discourage people from engaging in sexual acts before marriage, uh, some of which may lead to pregnancy. So um, you can put in place such a regulation, but they are, they are not universal regulations, they are local regulations. So some years ago, here in the Adjust of Lagos, one such regulation was put in place that priests should not uh, conduct the other weddings for pregnant uh, uh, women. So that there was that regulation that the priest asked them to wait until they put to bed before they come to wedding church. That was that was the regulation. There were others too. Well, another one was that uh, if a pregnant woman got uh, wedded, she couldn't wear a white uh, dress. So these were regulations meant to discourage uh, pregnant women from, uh, sorry, uh, people who were not married to be engaging in sexual acts that could lead to pregnancy. So the pregnancy by itself does not in any way invalidate the marriage. Okay? Once the, once the, the, the person is concerned have made their peace with God, if they get married, their marriage is a very, very valid marriage. Uh, and uh, uh, it is the sacrament of matrimony. Because they have made their peace with God. They are, they are, they are, they are free to marry. Um, they have done what is necessary to, 
put themselves in a in a in a in a state to be able to receive the sacrament of matrimony validly. So that is it. Uh, uh, so here in Lagos, like that, there have been those regulations, and as far as I know, they have not yet been uh, revoked. But I think uh, in many places, uh, priests uh, use their uh, initiative. Some people will will wed uh, women who are pregnant. Others will, uh, will, will, will refuse to do so. Uh, but as far as I know, the regulation has not been revoked. In other dioceses, they also have their own uh, regulations, all intended to discourage uh, the practice of uh, uh, premarital uh, sexual acts uh, among intended couples. I know it does this, for instance, where if the bride is uh, pregnant, then they do not allow more than one priest to perform the is the to celebrate the mass. That is, you cannot have a concelebration because the lady is pregnant. That is that is a norm in that diocese. That's not the rule here in Lagos. So I've just told you what the rule in Lagos has been, and I think it's still in place. But you know, the, the pregnant woman getting married does not invalidate the marriage. Is valid if all, all the all the other conditions are met. All the other conditions that make for a valid marriage have been met. So that is the that in short is the answer to the question. I hope I have answered this satisfactorily. If you ask me further questions, I may be able to explain further and what what uh, what um, on the subject matter. Okay, Monsieur. From time, for a long, long time, uh, we have had that kind of situation where uh, some people will insist that the, the wife uh, gets pregnant before they marry because they are not sure whether she will. She will. In fact, I think it was even more prevalent in the past when, when uh, having a child was so critical to marriage. So it has always been there. Uh, I don't know how old you are, but uh, in my own experience, as old as I am, I've seen it happening. Uh, and then we have to face the fact that nowadays, um, the, 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 the attitude of people towards sexual morality is, uh, is perhaps a little bit too liberal for uh, the, what the church would approve. A lot of people, uh, even when they know it is wrong, what they are doing is wrong, they still do it anyway because it is the trend. It's what everybody does, and they want to do it. So, and I agree with you that we need to emphasize that during catechism, and we do. And by God's grace, very soon here in the Archdiocese of Lagos, and indeed Lagos province as a whole, we are going to have a special curriculum for uh, preparing couples for marriage. Uh, that will even begin from childhood uh, in, in catechism class. Uh, a, a kind of it's not just uh, the for the, the last the last three or six months of marriage, but you start from when they are very very young, the, from childhood, adolescence, and then when they they want to get married, there is a 
a remote preparation, and there's a proximate preparation. So that kind of, we are, we are working on that uh, curriculum right now. So that would probably help people to understand even better still that uh, they should not um, uh, be doing what doing the wrong things and uh, and uh, insisting that a woman get pregnant before uh, they get married. And in any case, there's something wrong with that. That attitude is very very wrong. Doesn't see a woman does not respect the, the person of the woman. Does not see the woman as a as a human being. Sees the woman as his, as a, a, a child uh, uh, production machine. That unless unless you get pregnant, I'm not going to marry you. That is not a. It's not. In fact, that kind of attitude can invalidate a marriage, eh? where you are marrying a woman not not for her own sake, not because you love her, but because you're looking for somebody to bear children for you. So that can that can invalidate a marriage. Uh, so. It's a wrong attitude, and uh, I believe that the curriculum we are preparing will, uh, will, will address it uh, better than even uh, uh, the efforts we have uh, put into it in the past. So, uh, but like I said, the attitude to sexual morality today, you know, the world is a, is a global village now. Uh, some of the wrong things that they do in other parts of the world are coming to us here. And uh, there's, <laughs> there, it is very difficult for us to, to shut them out. The internet is there, um, uh, the cinema is there, television is there. So we are, at, at this point in time, we are struggling against forces that were not there in days gone by, you know, to ensure that uh, people live good and upright moral lives, not only in the area of sexuality, in all other areas of morality as well, okay? So I, I do share I, your, your concern, but by the grace of God, that concern will be adequately addressed when, we, when our bishops finally approve and promulgate uh, the new uh, marriage depression curriculum that, uh, that uh, we are working on. Thank you. Thank you, Fred. Yeah. Yeah. My hand has been up. All right. Please uh, ask your question, please. Yeah, uh, Mary. Hello. Um, uh, thank you very much, Wong uh, Sainon, for the clarification and for your. Uh, comment and inputs on most of these critical uh, issues and topics in the church. Um, I, I want to pick from this last one that you're saying. Uh, I hope that document comes very quickly uh, because the little I know and the experiences I have, I've seen that there is a gap, you know, uh, between the adolescent and then when you are getting into marriage. And most of us, uh, is at the time that we want to marry and you're going to for marriage class that you begin to know so many things that you never, never know before. And within our closet, we would have told the girl, uh, will you marry me? 
and you will say, yes, I will marry you. But when you get to the marriage class, you found that there are a lot of things that could make you very incompatible. And at that point in time, will you turn back to tell the lady, I, I made a mistake? So I think if the document would do that with you said, to have taken us from childhood, that you would have heard, we would have heard most of these things before we even go into marriage. We would have been prepared, you know, even while they are growing, especially our young sisters, before they get into marriage, so that the gap, that gap can be closed. They will not be far away from being prepared for the marriage itself. That the marriage will not come as a surprise. Even when they are with the man, or they are relating in a, a courtship or relationship, they will know what they are looking for. You know, they will know those things that are most important that can lead them to that marriage. So I hope that document comes. So it's going to be very commendable. It's going to be very, very, uh, 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 very, very uh, 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 progressive, moving us to forward to the next level. Then I, I know a little bit I came in late. You know, a little bit late. Uh, because uh, some few weeks ago, uh, a parishioner of mine met me uh, concerning this uh, 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 pregnancy uh, before marriage and all of that. That uh, the priest said, No, because uh, you are pregnant, I cannot wait you, and all of that. So, uh, in fact, this topic came as a blessing for me uh, to know. So, I, I mean, all of this, I, I want to see. Want to at the end of the day want to see the church stand, church stand on most of these issues. Let it not be that somebody, maybe a priest from uh, a, a particular parish, is saying this is my own rule. This one is saying this is my own rule. The church is one and very unique and organized. You know, in the even um, among the institutions in the world, the church is almost the most organized institution. So we should be able to know from anywhere I am that this is a just stand on this particular issue. So that is what I will take up in all of this. And uh, 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 again, uh, a brother made uh, mention of uh, some societies here and, uh, and uh, their, their own rules, you know, uh, cohabiting uh, uh, with brothers and sisters, cohabiting themselves without rectifying their marriages. I think uh, what we should know is that even as we are caring for each other, encouraging each other to do the proper thing, uh, as a society, we cannot be operating outside the boundaries of the church. So that is why that church stand, you know, in most of these things is important, very, very important. Because I know of a case uh, somewhere at uh, uh, Mother Re uh, Redeemer Ogombo, uh, where uh, someone was actually ministering and they were saying you have done life in the spirit seminar but suddenly we discovered that you are cohabiting somebody and you even have a child and they said okay we're going to help you the resources were there people were ready to bring the money people were ready to do everything but at the end of the day the brother still moved on to say no I want to do it myself. But you say you don't have money, we're going to help you. We're not going to publicize it, you know, that we're helping you. But then let's get you rectified your marriage. 
But after a few months, the brother was ministering in another church. He was ministering in another church. So sometimes it is not about the, the, the society, it's the individual giving a serious push, you know, of not wanting to do it for whatever reason. Nobody knows. Okay. So when you are planning societies, you also look at the individual, what efforts that the person has made, or how he's responding to the help that maybe the body of Christ wants to help. Okay. Thank you. So thank you very much. That's my own question. Thank you, Mr. Patrick. Thank you, Mr. Patrick. You are giving your own lecture, I must say. You have spoken extensively. And it is you have said the right things. The things that we, that we do in the Catholic Church, uh, as you said, you came in uh, a little late. We have addressed uh, some of the issues that you raised. Okay, you might wish to ask uh, those who uh, who began us earlier to give the reply to that. But I, I can assure you that uh, the curriculum we are preparing will the cater for uh, closing the gap that you mentioned, the gap between a uh, childhood like. Uh, when a child, when someone receives the sacrament of confirmation, uh, between that time and the, the actual marriage, it will take care of that. But even then, even even before that curriculum, if you were active in the church, if you were in a society and they are practicing that well in that society, they would you would know a lot of these things about about marriage because societies like Million of Mary, even the charismatics. Secret uh, that from time to time they do discuss issues about marriage and and their members are able to know what what can be done and what cannot be done. So if, if one is really completely starkly ignorant, it may be that that person is not an active member of the church, just a just a, a Sunday Sunday member of the church. Uh, but if you are active, in a, in a, even the youth, see on, you know, you will know a lot of know all about these things. But uh, hopefully, by the grace of God, the curriculum will address these things. But then at the end of the day, we must not discount the fact that uh, knowing things to, uh, by alone by itself does not uh, bring about uh, good marriages, uh, happy marriages. It is the grace of God that can do that. It is the grace of God that will bring uh, together uh, people who should marry each other and people who understand what marriage is about and who will lead their marriage uh, in accordance with the teaching of the gospel and the teaching of the church. So we must not discount that, the, 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 the effect of, of, a, of a divine intervention. And to that end, people who are planning to get married should also uh, put it in, into prayer and ask for divine guidance you know, uh, before they get married. Uh, especially uh, marriage in church, sacrament of matrimony, uh, is not a, merely a human thing that we can do all by ourselves. Uh, the Bible says, you know, John chapter uh, 15 verse 5 says, without me you can do nothing. And also, uh, Psalm 127 says, if the Lord does not build the house, in vain do the builders labor. So, while we are preparing for marriage and doing all the necessary things, all the things we are asked to do, we must not neglect to bring prayer into it so that God will, uh, 
well, uh, that's what we are doing, and that's uh, what we are doing, and, and see to it that uh, the right people marry the, the right people, that people don't make mistakes. That in that way, if, God, if there is divine uh, stamp on it, the marriage is more, more likely to be a happy and successful one. So let us not remove that, uh, that aspect of, uh, of divine intervention. Okay? Thank you, Mr. God. Thank you, Monsignor. Iwu Priska, please ask your question you, now. Okay. Thank you, Monsignor. Thank you, Father, and all the fathers in the house and my fellow lay brothers and sisters. Monsignor, my question is this. It relates to marriage, too. Why is it so difficult for the church to annul, annul a marriage that has been deemed faulty from the start? I don't know why, because we have so many cases on ground like that, where after marriage, one of the parties discovers that that marriage has been contracted with an error. Well, the reason why it's a, a lot, yeah, if you go to the marriage tribunal, okay, the tribunal takes its time because you see, we marriage is a sacrament, it's a divine sin. Uh, and it is God, God who binds people together, God who joins them. So we do not just rush to say we are dissolving what God has joined together. That's what Jesus said. What God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So we take our time to ensure that indeed this marriage may, did not happen, I mean, the sacrament did not happen, that this marriage was not valid of an issue. And that, that takes time. It's not a very easy, it's not something you can just decide overnight. So a lot of uh, investigation goes into it, a lot of consultation. Uh, so depending on, on how well those concerned, you know, pursue their case, it may end quickly or we have time to end. For instance, if one or the other party is not cooperating, it may take a longer time. But it does happen. There's also the fact that sometimes we have so many cases uh, lined up, and it takes time to dispose of the cases one after the other. So it is not, it is not deliberate, and nobody wants to delay uh, marriage cases uh, unduly. But uh, we, have, we, have, we have constraints that can uh, uh, cause a delay, and uh, people have to to learn to bear with us. So it's not like uh, like court marriage, when you walk, walk into the court and they give you an ornament. Here we're dealing with a sacrament, what God has joined together, not man. And so we want to be sure that we are doing the right thing, that we are not going against God, and rush to say uh, marriage is annulled. That's why it takes a, that kind of time, my dear. Thank you, Monsignor. Okay, thank you, Monsignor. My second question, and the last one anyway, is that, uh, you know, like this topic now is uh, why should the church wed pregnant women? And I can't ask my, I'm not a feminist, but I, I, I'm asking, what about the men? What, what, is the, what is the family doing for their males, their sons, their brothers, their nephews? Who is tutoring them, you know, to live right, even to, after their wedding? Who is, who is standing in that gap? Every time it's about the women. What about the men? 
So I don't know. The child has to do something. I'm, I'm happy to hear that there's a curriculum coming up. I think they should start with our male uh, young ones. Maybe from the primary oh. school. Yes, Monsignor. <laughs> they should. They really need to work on them too. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think we have always catered for both uh, sexes, men and women, boys and girls. The church has always catered for them. All of them attend the same catechism classes. All of them belong to the same societies. We don't have separate classes for, for boys and separate classes for girls. We don't. Okay, but there are some cultural things that the, the church uh, has to deal with. You know, a culture of uh, uh, male domination that, that uh, we have it is part of our heritage. So, but it, the, 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 the church will have to help people to overcome those things. For instance, the whole idea that a girl must get uh, pregnant before she gets married is not from the church. It's from the culture, you know, a negative aspect of the culture. Whereas even the culture in the past, in the olden days, it was taboo for a girl who wasn't a virgin to get to marry. If it was found that the, that the, the girl was not a, was not a virgin before her marriage, uh, the family of that girl was uh, made to feel very bad about it. Again, I agree with you. Nothing happened to the men, unfortunately. So that is the culture that we find ourselves, and we we are doing our best to ensure uh, equal treatment for both sexes. Yeah. The curriculum I'm talking about is not only meant for women. It's meant for men, well, not only for, for males. It's meant for, for both male and female. It will, I think, I believe it will adequately address uh, a lot of these concerns that we're, that we're expressing. Okay, I do not, I, 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 I am not in support of penalizing the, 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 the women only, and making them feel bad while the men go scot-free. The men too should be told that they are wrong. In any case, uh, if, uh, the, if a particular priest uh, refuses to, to wear the couple, it's not only the woman that's affected, the man is affected, okay? Because the marriage is between a man and a woman, all right? Thank so you, Monsieur. We, we need to correct certain attitudes in our society that we have copied from the culture that we find ourselves in. Thank you, Monsieur. All right, Mr. Anthony, are you there? Ask your question. Chijoki. You may ask your question now. Chijoki. Thank you so much, Monsignor. Good evening, Monsignor. Good evening, fathers. Good evening, dear friends and Christ. My name is Chijoke, the president of Sion Ashtas of Lagos. Um, Monsignor, you have actually spoken extensively on um, pregnancy before marriage. But um, fortunately, we had our meeting yesterday, and um, a question actually came to us during the course of the meeting. And that's the fact that a member was so concerned of the fact that the church says yeah, the church is universal, but yet there are certain things that we do not practice. E.g., I'm here in Lagos Archdiocese working for the church as the president of the Archdiocese, and maybe tomorrow I want to get married. I now go back to my hometown 
in Enugu to say, okay, oh, please, my bands of marriage and all that, please let us see how I can be called and so that I can start the proceedings for my marriage. And I go back there and the billing will be so, so heavy. They tell me to pay certain amount of money that I don't understand. And I keep explaining to them that I also paid some of these dues also here in Lagos Archdiocese. So why should I pay same due that I'm also paying in Lagos back there in my hometown? So I actually had to bring um, this question to you being um, a church father so that you can help us. Uh, maybe, I don't know how it, can be, how it can be addressed, maybe at the CBCN, or maybe I don't just know how, so that we, we, this thing can be addressed and young people will not feel discouraged working um, in the church. And again, it seems like maybe they are being double taxed after working um, for the church. That is actually my question, Monsieur. What's up? deliberated on this matter time and time again, but it remains uh, a lingering issue. The fact of the matter is that many of those parishes where people come from, you know, are quite poor, and they depend on the income that they can get from their, their sons and daughters who are outside the, uh, the place. So when they now come to do things like marriage or burial, they ask them to make certain contributions. Well, my own attitude is in Lagos. But if you are in a position to help the church in your village at home, you should do so. So if you, if you are able to, to uh, pay those dues, I mean, you have the means, you have the capability, then I would advise you to do so. In a situation where you are not able, that is, you are not able to, because that is your, it's your home, it's your village, it's your a homestead where you probably visit at Christmas and things like that. So you still should help them if you can. But here in Lagos, if you find that the, the requirements are too stringent and you are not able to meet those requirements and we are satisfied, maybe we can get the ban from only one of, of the places, either from the bride's place or the bridegroom's place, to simply go ahead with the marriage. When we know that you cannot meet and when we feel that those, those demands are unreasonable, they are beyond your capacity, then we just go ahead and do the marriage. So that will not stop us. Okay, that's the way we see it. But as I said, uh, well, I'm speaking my own mind. I'm not speaking for other people. I would say, if you're in a position to help your church, the church in your village, in your hometown, by all means, please do so. Those churches also need to develop. They need resources, which many of them lack. Indeed, many of them can come here to Lagos to come and beg for these resources. They go around the homes of uh, people from their hometown begging for resources. Some of them can't even feed their priests. That's how poor they are. So that is why I would say if you're in a position to assist, to pay those levies, by all means, please do so. But in the event that you're not able, here in Lagos, we use our discretion to where you all say. Thank you, Monsieur. Yes, Monsieur. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Monsieur. Thank you, Monsieur. Thank you. All right, Patrick, are you there? You may ask your question now, Mr. Patrick. Yes, I am. Good evening, Monsieur. Good evening, Father B. 
Mm-hmm. I just want to make um, a line contribution. I will take the time. I'm, I'm a Knight of St. Mulumba. I am from Ikurudu Sub-Council. But my village is in Suka in Enugu State. Before I got the bans for the knighthood, even for the bans of my marriage, I had, as a master when I left the village, I didn't forget my roots. So most of this, our youth today, when they leave, when they leave, when they leave their location back to Lagos, they tend to forget the village. And what was I doing? I do contributions, small contributions when I go for Christmas or Easter. I do contribution when we do um, harvest Thanksgiving. My brother there would tell me they are doing harvest. We should contribute even as a family, as an individual. Those things make you known when anything happens. When I went to my father's burial, there was no issue. People came out because I was contributing. So I will advise the youth. Don't forget your background and where you are coming from. I understand what CJK is saying. It happened. I have witnessed it. Not as rigid as you think. They are always discretional. Take your card, which you use in paying in Lagos back home, and it will be recognized. You will only be asked, okay, you've been there. Can you, can you also assist? Just like Monsignor has said. Thank you very much, Monsignor, and, and all left at close to the house. Thank you, Mr. Patrick. Mr. Anthony. Mr. Anthony, you may ask your question now, please. Yeah. Uh, good evening, Monsieur. Good evening, Father. Good evening, everybody. I just want to make a. I just want to ask a question. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a counselor. I work in a hospital here in Jabodan from Jabodi. Um, I work under the HIV department. There is a way we help assist our, our patients who have issues with marriage, like, um, you know, a partner, there's a way we assist. But I'm just looking in the situation of, like, does the church, is a question now, does the church approve a matchmaking? Because I've never heard of such things that a lot of um, youth um, find. There's a lot of youth gatherings and seminars and stuff like that. But I just want to ask a question, does the church um, approve matchmaking? Thank you. So the church does not engage in matchmaking. We do not match uh, couples. Uh, people find themselves. Uh, the grace of God brings them together. And then we counsel them. Uh, they come to the church and they want to get married. Then we take them through all the necessary counseling before they get married. But for us to go and, and be... Uh, say you marry you you man marry this girl. We can, we have no right to do that. If we do that, uh, that marriage may may may, act, may turn out to be invalid. I'm aware though that some societies in the church have heard of cases of some societies that that do such things, um, which is not quite right. And the few cases I've heard about, I've turned out to be very unhappy. So I think every Society should, should refrain from uh, any temptation to try to match couples uh, and say, uh, you married this female. When they come together, they are active in society and they find each other in that society and they agree to marry, we encourage them. And, we, and then we advise them. 
to see even if they, are, they should marry in the first, whether they are even compatible. That is, those belonging to the society does not mean they can marry each other. There are many other things to look at uh, that whether these two people really should, should marry each other. You know, there are different kinds of relationships. You can be simply friends. You can be members of them. That does not mean that you should get married. Marriage is a completely different uh, kind of uh, relationship that uh, carries a lot of responsibilities beyond what uh, belonging to the same society or even belonging to the same parish entails. So, uh, but if two members of the society come forward and they say, oh, we think that uh, uh, we want to get married, that uh, we, are, we love each other, then the society can help them by way of counseling, uh, encourage them, even if they even give them material support for them to be able to uh, achieve their purpose of getting married. But I will not subscribe to, to any form of matchmaking, either in a parish or in a, a society within it. I will certainly find out that. If any society in my parish were to engage in a matchmaking, I don't think I, I would I would, I would find out that. Okay, thank you, Monsignor. There's a name here, Mechanical. I don't know, is that your name? Mechanical. That's what I'm, I'm seeing here. You may ask your question now, please. Is that your name? You may ask your question, please. Maybe it's not hearing you. Okay, Monsignor. Any other question? Yeah, good evening. Good evening. Monsieur. Good evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Father and my co-members, I'm very grateful for this program. I'm Anthony. Anyway, it's a very big question. In fact, I'm so, I'm so, so, so eventful about yeah, uh, there's a challenge presently. Um, that challenge is, is there any limit mm, when, a, when, when, when a Catholic brother, when a Catholic brother uh, impregnates uh, a sister from uh, another uh, church and the, the Catholic brother is, you know, he's, he's a communicant, he's, uh, he's confirmed, only waiting for marriage. And he eventually impregnated the lady outside the Catholic Church. You know, we know the doctrine, you, you, you stop the sacrament of a, 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 a Holy Communion. For how long? What happens if the man wasn't able to meet up to the demand? Does that mean for the rest of his life, he's not going to receive the body of Christ? For how long will that occur before the man can gather maybe one or two things to meet up to the church demand? Thank you very if much. You, if you impregnate any woman, whether within or outside the Catholic Church, where you're not married to that person, you have committed a mortal sin. And unless mm -hmm. and until you go to the sacrament, you confess your sin, you are reconciled with God and the Church, you receive absolution, you cannot receive the sacraments. If you are cohabiting with a woman because you impregnated her, similarly, you cannot practice as a Catholic. Okay? I don't know whether you were here when, when we started. I did say that pregnancy per se is not a sin. 
the act that leads to it, if it is done outside well law, that is the sin. And when you get rid of that sin, by going to the sacrament of reconciliation, you are free to, to, to go back to the sacraments. Doesn't matter whether the woman involved is a Catholic or not a Catholic. Doesn't matter. Okay? Uh, nobody will say because you impregnated a woman and didn't marry her, then therefore you cannot receive sacraments for the rest of your lives. Nobody says that. Okay? Once you, once you cleanse yourself of the sin of uh, uh, extramarital sexual relations, and you thank you very much. You can go to Thank All you. Right. Yes, Monsignor. Thank you, Monsignor. Thank you. Hello. Good morning. So, yet today I have Mr. Shen, who's a minister at. He's going to introduce himself. Mr. Shen, please tell us what you do in church. And the question is your church against wedding pregnant women? Um, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Shen Ilebusi. Um, I am a children minister so not necessarily a pastor but i'm a children minister so i minister to children um and and, and at, the, at the children church um my the name of my church is uh clam international ministry and it's a christ living spring apostolic mission uh we're just around the corner of Mali somewhere um the question was if my church allowed to wed pregnant um, women. And I, well, we don't. We don't wed women that are pregnant. Um, well, if you have to, if it's a situation that has occurred, then of course it might not be officially done by the church itself. Maybe perhaps um, a pastor could be designated to go to the venue where the wedding is about taking place and they might bless the wedding. But it's no longer an official wedding ceremony in the church. Um, and, 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 it's, and, and it's usually discouraged because it is believed that that, is mean, that means that you're practicing sex before marriage, which is fornication. Uh, and it's, it's by, by standard of God, by human standard, it's wrong. It's not something that we should do at all. We're not encouraged to do that. The, the church does not promote uh, sex before marriage. So that, that's what it is. So the ideal thing is to, it's about trusting God that the woman you're marrying, you're not trying to test her. It's not a test kit that you're trying to test her to see if she can uh, become pregnant. It is the trust you have in God that what you will do will be successful and that's 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 where your faith is that it's not it's not even about how many times you do it about how many times you have sex but it's about god you believing and having faith that when you make your little efforts god will crown it with huge success at the other end so that that's what what it is it's, it's just as simple as that thank you very much all right thank you so much for making this very clear to us that the church does not encourage sex before marriage because it's fornication by all standards thank you of course by god's standard not all standards of course by god's standard because obviously there's the uh, institution of um, um, the law where they go and get married 
Okay, thank you so much. Let me. So, Mr. Tunde, good morning. Good morning. So, thank you very much for being on Mujer's Diary on Anchor.fm. So, I'll just ask you quickly is your church, you just told me now that you worship at Methodist Church, Nigeria, an Orthodox church. Uh, it's not a Pentecostal church, it's an Orthodox. So, I worship with Methodist Church, Nigeria. Okay, thank you very much. So, sir, quickly, do your church wed pregnant women? Are they against wedding pregnant women? No, they are not. Once uh, the man admits that he's the one that impregnated the woman and they love each other, what, why not? We go ahead and wed them. The only thing is that they cannot put on whites. The woman cannot put on white uh, uh, wedding dress. Okay. So that, that's to just discourage fornication? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Just to show that she's already pregnant before okay. getting married. That's just the meaning of that clothes she's putting on. But they go ahead to bless the marriage. Yes, of course. Okay. okay, thank you very much, sir. So, good morning, Ma. Good morning, Ma. Good morning, Atifanka. Okay, Ma. So, I'm here with Madame Dokas, and she's a member of the Redeem. And she's going to tell us if the Redeem is against wedding pregnant women. Thank you very much. Yes, the Redeem is against wedding pregnant women. Why, please? Because the Bible said, man and woman, not three persons. The third person inside has make it to be against what the Bible even said in the first place. So Redeem will never join anyone that has pregnant together. So what do you encourage that they will do if they are pregnant? The, if they are pregnant and they've scheduled their wedding for redeem. Redeem is going to cancel it. The wedding will not hold. So how will they, you know, bless the marriage? Or what are they going to do? Are they going to just leave them as they are? No, no. They will, not leave, they will not leave them. But if they are a worker, or if their parents are ministering in redeem, there may be a light punishment for it, but they will still call them, encourage them, and tell them the reason why they will not be able to join them together or why the wedding is cancelled. Okay, so yeah. this is just to not encourage so, fornication. Yes, they don't encourage fornication. And even before you get married in retain, I think a week to your wedding, you will go to hospital. Bride, they will take your sample, your blood sample, and they will ask you to go. They will test it. Once it's positive, just know that your wedding is not hold. That's very strict. I, I'm happy that they don't encourage uh, so they don't fornication at all. Not at all. They don't, we don't encourage it. This will help the youth to stay focused. Yes, to stay focused. If you know you really want to take that glory, your wedding day, you want it, you'll, you'll be abstained and follow what the Bible said about it. Let the bed be undefiled. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ma. You're welcome. Good morning, Mr. Michael. Good morning. So quickly, uh, where do you worship? The Apostolic Church. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So tell us a little bit, bit about the Apostolic Church. 
Okay, um, the Apostolic Church is one of those churches that believe solely on the doctrine. And um, I think to a very large extent, the doctrine of the church is based on um, the words of the Bible. They follow the Bible strictly. And not diluting it. Not diluting it. Or trying to you know, convert it to their own way. Not at all. Okay, great. So, quickly, today's question is, do the apostolic church wed women that are already pregnant? Or are they against it? They go against it, so they don't wed women that are already pregnant. And um, they try as much as possible to um, do all to do all investigations before joining a man and a woman together in the church. So investigations like the couple will go for um series of tests. In, Recommended by the church. Yes. The church in the church hospital, like personal hospital. It, it might like not necessarily mean the church have like its own hospital but it's like an hospital recommended by the church so in order for accurate results so they'll go for a series of tests and um, to be sure that the not only like pregnancy now but in case of other uh, ailments from each parties because the church also believes that the church also believes that um you can't marry someone like in pretense you can't like lie to someone that you are clean maybe from all sorts of diseases and for hiv aids and any other disease and you get married and to cause problem later in the marriage so the church believes that you should actually like be clean really if you want to get married to this person you should open up to the person and if the person still wants to get married to you then fine so it won't cause problem later in the future so the church don't um, join a man and a woman which had um had intercourse together and and she's pregnant so they don't actually do it so they discourage fornication strongly strongly as the bible do Thank you very much, Michael, for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, welcome back. I hope you had a wonderful time. And now you're not confused. Now you can do the right thing. The Bible says, do not defile the bed. Do not defile the wedding bed. Stay faithful. Get married the right way. Do not fornicate. Keep yourself holy. For God is holy. Your body is at the temple of God. I sign off. I remain your humble, your humble host, Franca Ayanka. Good night. Love you all. Can't wait to hear from you. Bye.